What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Shamanic Philosophy Podcast, a pseudoscientific, quasi-philosophical, non-expert discussion platform dedicated to a holistic exploration of the human experience. Shamanic philosophy isn't just a podcast, but a community, a tribe of extended family from around the world who believe that together we have the power to make it a better place. We believe that that change starts within each one of us and spirals out to our relationships and interactions. My name's Adam, and I feel so very blessed to be here with you today, sharing a mind-blowing discussion with one of the coolest and most interesting people I've ever met. His story is a crazy one, and I can't tell you how much I enjoy getting to hear it from the horse's mouth. So kick back, open your mind, and buckle up, because today we're exploring the cosmos with a guy who literally hangs out with aliens on a regular basis. His name is Dick Kahn, better known as the DMT Researcher. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and go live. How does that sound? Why not? Let's do it. All right. Dick Kahn on the hook right now. DMT researcher, um, guy that I have dubbed DMT Jesus. So <laughs> a bit strong, but I don't know. It, I don't know. I'll take it. I don't know. <laughs> well, you have no choice. I've already given it to you. Um, you can trademark that later if you like. But um, Dick, you've done DMT over 600 times over the course of about three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yes, and and then went and wrote a book about it. And by the way, um, just so everybody knows what a wonderful human being Dick is, Dick actually sent me a copy of this book from the UK out here to Texas, USA. Never arrived um, because of the mail system and uh, a move that was happening at the time. But Dick, I did go pick up your book. I got it on Amazon. I recommend everybody go pick it up. This son of a bitch is huge. What a big book. Yeah. And this thing, I, I self-published through Create Space, and they sent me. It, it is huge. They sent me a proof copy, and I was like, "Oh my god, it, it is huge!" Yeah, uh, worth the read. Obviously, I haven't had a chance to get all the way through it yet, but um, you really, really did your work here. Um, this this wasn't just um, this wasn't just a matter of of, of taking some DMT a few times and and then writing a book about it. I mean, you really analyzed what you were doing, what the experiences were like. And, and this book is a, it seems to be a great look into your mind because DMT, like any other psychedelic experience, is different for, for everyone. Um, and, and the title of this, which I absolutely love, is DMT and My Occult Mind, Investigation of Occult Realities Using the Spirit Molecule. That's by Dick Kahn. What a beautiful title. Tell me about where the title came from. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. So I've had a, a long-standing interest in esoteric and occult philosophy. And and by occult, in terms of the book, I'm, I really mean hidden. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I think the thing with occult is, in the mainstream, it gets a, such a bad press. You, People think you're talking about a cult. Nefarious and boo and connotations that come with it. But really, at its heart, there, there's some really profound, deep and insightful philosophies about, well, who we are, where we came from, you know, cosmological considerations, anthropomorphic considerations. And I think it's such a shame that it gets such a bad press. So it was intentional to to have a cult in the title, because I think it's a word that really should be rehabilitated so that people can understand it better and access these, you know, these deep and profound philosophies that are there, even themselves hidden away. No, I agree. And what what was your background? You know, I, I've got kind of, and I've talked about this a little bit, I've got kind of an interesting background in 
um, esoteric studies. I, I, I stumbled upon um, a, uh, a book series in my dad's bookcase when I was five years old, and it was an esoteric set of books about Atlantis and Egypt and uh, ancient, ancient mysteries of all kinds. And that shaped the way that I saw everything in my life from that point forward, from five years old on. Um, what the hell, man? Like, what, how did you get to a point? What was your story uh, that got you into uh, esotericism and all that? Because I think that's such a beautiful lens through which you can see or, or have, have the psychedelic experience. What, what got you into, into the esoteric side? I think um, it's a number of things. I mean, from a very, very young age, I, I remember my dad sort of sitting me down and saying, son, you know, if, if you could go up into the sky and go up into space and, you know, go past the moon and past the planets and past the sun and, and go as, as fast as you like, you'd never get to the end of the universe. And that just set my mind on fire. It, it really did. I'd be in bed at night sort of trying to imagine the ends of the universe just to see what was there and obviously you, you can never do that so that that was that was a big influence but more than that you know it's like when you smoke dmt you get this ringing sound in your head mm-hmm. well, i've had that i've had that ringing sound in my head since ever i can remember i, I can hear it now but when i was a, a child alone in bed at night that noise was tremendous uh, and it's deafening you know, sometimes it, it, isn't it, it it's what what um, P.D. Newman, and I think that's such a good way of phrasing it, because, you know, the room is quiet, but in the midst of your head, there's this roaring noise. And I used to sort of get up in the morning after a night's sleep, and this is me being a, year, a very young child, and I think, why am I talking about I don't know very talk about it, but it's when I first smoked DMT and that, that sound amplified, I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's this is really interesting, you know, because that noise in my head was such a significant part of my childhood. I mean, I just can't express enough how, how much of a, a, a big thing it was to me as a young child. Yeah, yeah. It's something that even um, we were we were out on a hike here recently. I've got a couple of uh, a couple of boys. My my oldest is 12. My youngest is seven. And um, both of them very inquisitive, especially my 12 year old. And he asked me, he said, Dad, how come whenever it's really quiet, we have this loud ringing noise in our mind? And um, and now I know he just needs to go talk to his uh, Uncle Dick, DMT Jesus. And maybe you have the answers because I had no idea what to tell him. (laughs) What that's, is it? That's awesome. That's have you, have that's you figured awesome. anything out? Well, in in the West, it's, it's you know medical, um, you know, issues around that. I think think some people genuinely do suffer tinnitus, whether it's age related or, or work related, hearing disorders. But I think you know in the East there are uh, there's another way of looking at it, you know, and it, it, it's the sound of the spirit. You know, it, it's um, it comes with all kinds of esoteric considerations rather than you know that there's something wrong with my mind it's i don't know for me i i, I guess it's um a, an interface between ourselves whatever it is it's, it's something very profound and you know a, a, a inhalation of even a small dose of dmt is going to amplify that sound it's going to change the intensity and the frequency of that sound and you know you smoke more DMT and you know a lot of us know what happens <laughs> i uh 
You know, I I met I met you via Instagram um, before I had ever actually done DMT, and I've done it I've done it a handful of times since. And that that ringing noise, you're exactly right. It uh, it's there, and and just like any other time that you're that you're laying there in the quiet, you know, you, you become aware of that 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 ringing noise, and the, and the more quiet and the more focused you become, the louder it mm. gets. Mm. Uh, and to the point where, whenever you, whenever you inhale the the uh, the spirit molecule and you lay back, uh, that noise, you become acutely aware of it, and then it becomes just it's a roaring, overwhelming noise that takes over everything, and it, it's almost uh, it becomes a it's like a seismic wave that you end up riding off into the cosmos. Like I, I could understand why you. Why you say that it's almost like that 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 sound is almost like an interface for the spirit in some way. Yeah, indeed. And, and when you look at, at some of the esoteric kind of cult philosophies, they, they talk about the pineal and, you know, it, it can be set into vibration, you know, it can oscillate. Uh, and, you know, I, I suspect that, you know, inhaling DMT, it does it certainly seems to do something profound in, in the midst of one's head where that sound comes from. And I, I do suspect it's, it, it, it's somehow making the pineal gland oscillate, vibrate, and that that seems to it seems to unlock some latent energies within us, some you know our, our consciousness or, or spirit or mind energies, you know, and they can very quickly you know fill a room, and, and, and that room can very quickly become turbulent with that mind energy. It really does unlock some. Doing that can equally attract something extremely powerful to to within your setting, you know, and and then you're dealing with a DMT experience. And for anyone who's never had a DMT experience, I can tell you that um, having worked with psilocybin extensively uh, and with LSD to some extent, um, there there's nothing for me quite like a DMT experience. I mean, it's uh, it's shocking. You know, the first time I did it, it was. Uh, I probably wasn't in the best mind state to do it, but I was excited and ready to do it, and I kind of dove straight from uh, my my normal alert problem-solving state of consciousness and and dove right into a DMT trip. And it was so disorienting that I almost didn't want to do it again. It was it was nothing I saw was terrifying or scary in any way, but it was yeah. almost I've compared it to it's almost like um you know you go to a water park and. It's almost like you know my friends blindfolded me and took me yeah. to the the biggest tallest water slide they could find that was all enclosed like one of those big tubular water slides with lights inside of it. And it's like they yeah. blindfolded me and just threw me down this water slide without me knowing what the hell I was getting into. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. I mean, like yeah, I've, I've done it many times and I don't but I think it's very very few occasions where I I thought I said yeah, you know, I, I really want to do this. You know, I'm, I'm right in the mood for it. I mean, I, I have had that, but by far the majority of times it's like, oh my god, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what I'm the gonna, hell am I'm I doing gonna, here? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna load a pipe and I'm gonna smoke that damn thing, and and it's like you're walking to your own funeral. That's you know? exactly it's, it. And and you know what the paradox is, Adam? It's like you smoke it. You know, I mean, look, ninety eight percent of my my trips have been, you know, incredible, playful, imagine. And you would think if it was, you'd sort of race back to do it again. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm going to do this, no problem. But it's like, oh, it's like you're walking to your own funeral. And, and that paradox was usually informative to me in sort of working out 
what was going on that you know it's not my mind alone something powerful is is interacting with me and and somewhere in my mind probably subconsciously i i kind of there's a realization of that 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 there's some other higher power powerfully interacting with you and your mind or maybe your ego is saying i don't want no more of that i don't want no more of that <laughs> you know i've had to force myself forward you know it's like that is ex- smoke this that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. My first, my first trip was I, I had heard so much about, you know, this, this idea of breaking through. And um, I was terrified. I was, you know, it's like I said, it was like going down a water slide and I, and I was fighting it, dragging my fingernails down the water slide, trying to stop the thing. Um, and, and it was like I, I could feel the presence of a greater awakening at hand, and I just didn't have the balls to go through with it, man. I was, I, I was, I was too, uh, too disoriented. It's a, it's not like any other experience I think that a human being can have, but it's one that you must have. I did it on video, and my girlfriend was with me, and um, I came out of it early, you know, and I was disoriented, and I was trying to talk way too early because you know I'm so fucking analytical, and I'm trying to explain everything, you know, I've got to explain things. And as I'm telling her how crazy and dis- disorienting it is on the video, I'm just going, you know what? Y- you've got to go. You've got to go. Like, forget it. Forget how scary it was. Forget how crazy and disorienting. It's something that everybody has to do. It's crazy to hear that that's, that's uh, somewhat of a normal experience. I've only done it like three times, so I don't know. Yeah. No, nothing, no shame in, in, in pulling out of an experience. I mean, like, I, I've pulled out of several experiences you know midway through or at the beginning because i i thought you know what i just just right now i just can't go through with this and and you know what it's in in pulling out of some experiences that i've really learned a lot about you know about these experiences what's actually you know at play i mean i i smoked it once in the bedroom and this 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 being came this energy came and it you know i mean they they can impose an energy that is just just incredible you know it feels solid it just pervades you you can feel your skeleton you know it's such an incredible energy and i don't know i i i got the willies i got scared and really you know this, this yeah i was like i okay let me out let me out and this 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 being holy like pull like these long thin like tentacular sheaths throughout my body i could feel it sliding you know up my legs down my legs through my arms through my torso and it was like slowly releasing this strange grip it it, it imposed upon me in that highly powerful state but now it seemed to slowly and it was very laborious and i gotta be honest i felt so embarrassed and so bashed and if i could have said okay let's go I'm, i'm okay now I would have done, but it was, I was so embarrassed, you know, I felt so abashed because it's like, I don't know, I, I, um, at the time I felt I'd failed, but afterwards I thought, you know what, I learned so much from that, you know, that, that being withdrawing from me, mm-hmm. you know, in that sort of lower energy state. You were talking about this experience you had with this crazy uh, entity, and I'm sitting here wondering, because, you know, I, I see all this DMT art and stuff, and like you, um, I mean, you know the DMT art, it's crazy, it's everywhere. And I've not had enough yeah. experiences, obviously, to encounter any other entities. And this is something I wanted to ask you about, is uh, you definitely talk about other other entities 
Tell me more about some of that. I mean, what the, the presence that you feel, and again, if you've never done DMT and, or, or any psychedelics, I mean, this is a very personal uh, experience. I mean, it takes over all of your senses, your whole sensory perception becomes wrapped up in this experience. So I can only imagine just how crazy it is to have an entity there and how real and tangible that must be to you. Yeah, it's... Um it's incredible, and and just to to begin with, with the, my you know uh, initial earlier DMT sort of scenery that's inspired all this tremendously good artwork, you know artwork. I mean, I mean from from that perspective of seeing those scenes, you know, I mean, you know, if you're an artist, I mean DMT must just be must be mana because the the things you see well and, and, it, and it creates an incredible. impression yeah it, it impresses these images on your mind too it's like um i was never an artist um i'm a musician right but i i played guitar for 20 years and mm. until i started working heavily with psilocybin uh i never considered myself a musician or even a guitar player i just i just told people people would say hey i hear you're a guitar player and i'd say no i i have a guitar and i've played it for 20 years but i'm not i don't like create music so much you know as i as i play other people's music and i enjoy strumming and goofing off but working heavily with psilocybin it unlocked parts of my mind and and it, it would what would happen is it would give me um are you familiar with uh, the term probably are with uh, synesthesia yes yeah i'm familiar with that term yes yeah so for for the listeners synesthesia is a condition in which different parts of the brain connect that don't typically connect when you have um, the ability to hear smells or, or see sounds and, th- and things of that nature, or even um, a case that I talk about a lot, a guy named Daniel Tammet from the UK who can see numbers as uh, almost like uh, colorful shapes and, and patterns and things like that. And he can do very advanced you know, mathematical calculations by watching you know, different numbers combine with other numbers, but it's, you know, the number four might look like a big blue ball with a red hat on top or a red formation of some sort, like a geological formation almost. And psilocybin actually, and a lot of psychedelics, um, create a sort of temporary synesthesia in, in the brain. And working with psilocybin, I started to, uh, even when I wasn't on it, I could hear songs in my, in my mind uh, playing over each other. Maybe it was a country and western song and a rock and roll song and a symphony all playing over each other. And I started to be able to create uh, that music and, 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 and weave it together in a way on my guitar uh, and with lyrics that actually make good music. So psychedelics definitely inspire art in a, in a huge way. And it's made me look at this DMT art. And like you said, it must be mana for a for an artist to take DMT, uh, because ever since I started taking, uh, or ever since I, I, I took DMT, the, the few times that I did, I dream so much more vividly now. Even after the first time, uh, my girlfriend and I both, we dream so much more vividly and um, so much more clearly. And uh, I, I even started drawing and uh, and things like that from DMT. Did you did you develop any any artistic inclination through your DMT experiences, or do you draw or anything like that? No, I think I think for me the the writing was really helpful to integrate and reflect on my experiences, gotcha. and you know because DMT is is so fast acting, I, I could you know sort of write my reports contemporaneously, you know, and um, 
that that was hugely helpful. And I would encourage anybody really, if, if they're so inclined to keep a journal or, or write down, because, you know, if you don't, you're likely to sort of forget some. I mean, you know, I, I remember, I don't know, maybe a 10 or, or a dozen that really stick out in my mind. But then when I started to look through my um, reports, I think, oh, my God, yeah, I remember. Oh, my God, how can I forget that one? You know, and it's, I think that's been really helpful. Yeah, so with with the the initial experiences, yeah, the very sort of highly defined environment scenes and, and for sure it, it made it look like I was in another a world, another dimension, an alien dimension, a parallel dimension. And that that totally fascinated me. But my intention with DMT was to try and understand the causal nature of the experience after after inhaling the potent vapor. So I started to think, well, how do I get halfway to hyperspace? And, you know, I start messing about with the doses and stuff like that. Well, it seemed a valid point because, because, you know, they say it's three totes to get to hyperspace. And I think that's valid because, you know, while you're taking those three tokes, that's sufficient time for your, your consciousness to very rapidly amplify. It's sufficient time for another worldly being to manifest. And it's sufficient time for that to then... I don't know. It seems to like weigh you up and then decide what's going to happen. And 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 those three tokes, those few seconds, just seems to be enough time for all that to most of the time to actually occur. But yeah, I said, how do I get halfway to hyperspace? So I'd do silly things like I'd say, okay, I'm going to mess about with the doses, and I'd prepare three pipes. And I don't know. I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be like three four five gram six seven or eight sorry milligrams six seven or eight milligrams and then 12 milligrams and you know i i'd smoke it in 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 the room and you know you, the mind energy manifests and i'd wait 10 minutes i think okay well that, that was interesting and then i'd smoke the next pipe and more mind energy would would manifest but you know not no interaction no beings think okay right okay that that's interesting and then I'd smoke the third, and I had occasions where all of a sudden it felt like I'd, I'd pissed my pants. I mean, <laughs> honest to God, I was laid there, and I'm like, what? I was like, man, have, have, I, have I, I was like, am I bleeding? Have I pissed my pants? And honestly, like down in my groin area, it's just like felt like I genuinely felt like I'd pissed my pants. And I'm like, putting my hand down there, I was like, no, it's dry. And I think, you know, it just starts to indicate that something's messing about with me. Some something is able to create this perception that I've pissed my pants, not by modifying my mind, but somehow with its its body of mind, you know, it, it's able to sort of make that region feel like I, I have pissed my pants. And yeah, I mean, it's like silly things like that. Or well, I've I've heard know, uh, I've heard of a fe- of a particular female saying that she felt like there was as soon as she blasted off, she felt like there was a rod of glowing warm light that was inserted into her vagina, went through her chakra system and out the top of her head like a unicorn, and she said it was the most profound feeling, and not necessarily in a sexual way at all, but just in a in a being con- completely filled with light. And she went on to describe the experience as feeling like she went to be with God and was God and that the entire universe was her. Uh, and, and so I, I understand what you mean, but she described it as a very physical feeling. Yeah. 
these spiritual entities they they seem able to to form this i call it a, a quasi a physical sort of material you know mm. and, and they seem to be able to do all sorts with that so you know I, i've smoked dmt this is after so so with in the artwork I, I find that that changed after a while that changed and 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 i wasn't seeing those sort of highly defined environments i was just sort of it, it was mostly transparent, and these beings were just just doing different sort of tricks. So I would smoke DMT, I'd lay back, my, my mind would manifest, fill the room turbulently. Something else would arrive, impose a tremendous amount of power, and then it felt like I got this large, heavy square block on my chest, and I just dared dare not move. You know, I mean, you know, it's a DMT experience. You sort of you're mesmerised, you're transfixed. And I'm laying there, my chest is rising. I feel this heavy block on my chest, but there's there's nothing there. I see. I and felt that before. I, I felt that before, and it, and it uh-huh. freaked it freaked me out when I did DMT. In fact, it yeah. happened the first two times, and yeah, 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 yeah. It was part of the 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 uncomfortable or 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 even you know disorienting, terrifying part of the experience was. I I almost felt like I couldn't breathe, and and I think that's what scared me initially was I thought this is my first time doing it. And um, mm-hmm. I've got this massive weight on my chest, but it was very physical. It was like a like a forty pound block laying on my chest for sure. And, and you've addressed yeah, yeah. the question that I've had, and this is just in my ignorance, maybe of DMT. And I've heard a lot of people talk about it, obviously, um, through through our community on Instagram and and on you know YouTube and things like that. But I've always wondered, like, could you do it? You know, do it once and then do it again shortly after and then do it again shortly after and well i guess i i have my answer uh, well yeah i mean i mean look with, with that with with um sort of continuing to smoke it i mean look I, i've i've played around with with dmt pipes outside and i've experienced levels of drama that just just off the scale you know so you know you see your mind manifest up into the sky you know it's an incredible sight and then you smoke some more and, and something, you know, not enough to have something imposed upon you, but certainly enough to attract a, a being into your, your setting, your presence, you know, and you smoke some more and it's there and you can feel its power and you can see it. And then, you know, you wait a few minutes and you sit up and you smoke some more and then this being is going to be there. And it, it, it's more or less telling you, it's like, you know, you carry on like that, son, and I'm going to come down there and I will show you what's what, you know. And, and and that drama is just, oh, my God, it's like you put your fist in your mouth and you just want to bite down hard on your fist. Okay, so this you is know, this brings up – this is this is totally a question I had um, because with, with my experience with mushrooms being my most extensive um, – my most extensive uh, experience, um, you know – you can't do that back to back to back, right? You do you do a mushroom trip, and then you know you kind of need to take a break, especially if it's a substantial one. Can you? It sounds like you can you can pick up where you left off if you if you if you smoke some DMT and then you do it shortly after. Um, are you? Do you go back into that same mind space or that same place in hyperspace where you're with the same entities? You're surrounded with the same environment. Once you've attracted these things and you sort of called in these entities. Are they? It sounds like you're saying that they're still there, and that the the deeper you go, the closer they get. And is that the case? So I think what what, what I'd probably have to say is that 
um, my experience has changed. As I say, to begin with, it, it looked like I was going into this this other world, and you know, I, I had that many, many times. You know, and, and then you know, start to play around. I, I strictly thought I, I've gone as far as I can with these experiences. And that was a really stupid thing to think. <laughs> and there were, there were two or three experiences that, yeah, I know. There were two or three experiences that were like, they were repeat experiences. So I'd, I'd come home from work, I'd smoke DMT in the landing area. You're like, oh, I've already it been there, like, done that. I've seen it all. Exactly. I thought, I think I've gone as And I was stupid to think I've gone as far as I can. And then it was like the, the next time after that, the experience was so different. It was it was invasive. So it was far more power, and this this being invested a, a portion of its body of mind, shall we say, within my within my throat, within my oral environment, and it was just manipulating my psyche. You know, it, it, manipulating my oral physiology. I, I was like crying out, not not in pain, but just sort of wail out or cry out and upon doing so my voice was modulated so bizarrely and and upon hearing that I felt obliged to speak again and again and the things they were doing and and it it was so it was incredible but it was unsettling so yeah. at, at the conclusion of the experience I burst into tears it was like I don't know it's like a it's like a violation almost right you know what they can do to you and I I burst into tears i was beside myself and i came down and my wife had heard me and she's like you okay and i was just inconsolable and i went to lay on the sofa and then it all sort of came washing over me again i just burst out crying and that that marked a change in my experiences it was like after that it was i didn't so much see those highly defined environments but it was more transparent and and started to see these at and they this 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 crazy stuff this crazy invasive stuff so you know it was one occasion where I, I smoked it and you know my mind fills the room within seconds something else arrives imposes tremendous power and you know and I'm in the room and I know I'm in a DMT experience but it's like okay well, what's happening now nothing's happening and then it's in my track here, uh, you know, with that quasi physical substance and it's slowly very slowly effectively reducing the internal diameter of my, my trachea so my breathing is becoming more and more labored well that's and difficult and well to begin with it was fine you know i thought I'm, I'm okay but honestly it went on and on and and yeah you know then you start to think oh my god i think i think i'm I, I, this is a misadventure i'm gonna die here <laughs> you know and, and there's gonna be no evidence of how i've Try not to panic, but it's starting to build up. And then, you know, I mean, I was on the verge of outright panic. And that might sound funny, but it's a horrible emotion. And just on the verge of outright panic, when I was going to scream out for my wife, it, it just went. It all just went and vanished, and I could breathe normally. You know, man, this, for, is, like, this is the type of situation that, that freaks me out. Because, you know, I, I came into this with um, maybe... Uh, I knew just enough to be dangerous, you know, and I uh, particularly had re had read and, and and studied a lot about ayahuasca experiences uh -huh. and how, um, in some ways, I, I don't want to say traumatic, but in some ways, you know, they can be frightening. And are you? I, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the work of like Graham Hancock. Yes. 
All right, so I'm a big Graham Hancock fan, and, and he's gone into a lot of uh, a lot of detail about his experiences, particularly with ayahuasca and also with DMT. And, of course, if anyone hasn't read uh, Rick Strassman's um, DMT, The Spirit Molecule book, or seen the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the film, the documentary film they made about that, you really should. But these, you know, the, some of the experiences that people describe are, like you say, they're very, they're very invasive. And I think Graham's last, and I couldn't remember, and I'm, I, I want to go back and find out now, but uh, his last, I think it was his last DMT experience, or it might have been his last ayahuasca experience. He said it was, it'll be his last one for a while, because when he got to that place, um, he felt all these hands grab him, and they said, we've got him. And they started pulling. They started pulling him apart and putting him back together. And man, fuck that! <laughs> you know, I've never had that happen you know, on mushrooms. Well, do you know, I, I think it's, it's 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 how you choose to look. I mean, experiences like that they can so easily be your last ever psychedelic experience. But I, I was for three, four minutes. I was like beside myself after that experience. But then you started saying, you know what? I think I've just been played. And I think this is a sort of trick to to being able to progress further. You think, okay, you got me, you got me real good. But I, I recognize that, you know, it, it's like they've taken my emotions right up to the to the threshold of fear. And just as I was about to step over, then they leave it. You know, it, 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 it's like a psychic trick. That That's my interpretation. So and I, wonder, I wonder if it's like with, with mushrooms, you know, we, I've had this discussion with a lot of people, whether it's been having a, a gathering um, at my house and hosting this sort of uh, tribal group setting where we do this together and discuss our experiences as we're coming down afterward or whatever. But, but, but on psilocybin trips, you know, you can have these um, encounters often with, um, entities that, that don't seem to be positive entities. Uh, but it's like you're saying, it's almost like they pull these psychic tricks on you to see how you respond. And by overcoming the fear uh, that you experience in, in that moment and by, by pressing through, um, I feel like, and a lot of others feel like, this is, this is you um, observing the experience of, of truly conquering your own demons, is it anything like that? I think... I or is think, it totally different? I don't know about, I don't know about conquering demons. It, it certainly tests your re- resolve, your character, your spirit. I mean, you know, I've had experiences where, you know, and I've been in the DMT experience and I have, I have, I have said to that entity, okay, I, I will never do it again. I promise I'll never do it again because I've been... Then you sort of come out and you think, yeah, okay, I... I probably will do it again but you know i mean in the moment yeah 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 we with, with with mushrooms i'm sure it's very different because they're they're different than dmt in, in pretty much every other way too so i'm sure it is different on, on mushrooms it's like you know we've 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 all grown a lot from these experiences and a lot of times these these uh entities that i've categorized as demons most of the time um they show you things about yourself that uh, may be difficult to face, but they may they may manifest themselves as very tangible beings. And a lot of times, um, they're 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 visually present. You can actually see them. Um, yeah. And a lot of times you can't. You know, a lot of times they're just feelings, and you just feel almost like you're uh, 
you know, these things just have you have their 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 big nasty arms around you and you just feel this energy, this oppressive energy. And what I've found is that, you know, when you can face those things, you, you with mushrooms at least, you can usually find that they are preying on some weakness that you have. You know, I had a lot of guilt about not being present for a lot of my children's lives, um, being wrapped up in work and and um, my career and things like that. And I realized that there was a lot of guilt I was dealing with from that, you know, feeling like I had damaged my kids and, and not been a good dad. Mm-hmm. And once I was able to to face that on these very intense mushroom trips, I came out of that experience saying, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to be a better dad. And I'm, I'm, you know, I was able to feel that that guilt and that shame in such a a, a demonic, you know, personal. It was like it was like it really was an entity that was there, and in, in some cases they were actually visual entities. And I was able to overcome those. What I think is interesting about DMT is that, from your description and 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 most descriptions that I hear, is it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like these entities are really a part of you. It seems like these things are completely independent of you. They're independent of your mind. These things are really free-thinking, intelligent entities that you're interacting with, which kind of leads me into what I was curious about. Um, and I, I think I know a little bit about your your stance on this, but I really want you to explain kind of your view on on extraterrestrials. It sounds like that's kind of what you're getting at here is that you're you're actually interacting with other entities they're completely different from you they're they're not a manifestation of any part of your consciousness or are they no i i think these are totally independent beings and that's that's the thrust of my stance and it's going to be the thrust of 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 my what i hope is my ongoing work because you know the esoteric and occult philosophies are absolutely clear that you know unseen all around us you know, there are uh, hierarchies of of intelligences and beings, you know, with different qualities of, of consciousness. And I'm sure that the majority of the beings that we're, that interact with us, whether we know it or not, on psilocybin, on DMT, on other psychedelics, they're, they're somehow, they're, they're part of, of nature, they're part of this planet, and they're somehow related to us in terms of our... Our, our mental states, our spiritual states, you know, I, I don't pretend I know the answers to that. But as you've just said, you know, you've had experiences where you've dealt with darker aspects of, of yourself in your life and, and come out a better person. And, and I would ditto that with DMT. I, I've certainly changed as an individual. So for me, yeah, I mean, the, these are beings that are independent of us. And, you know, with sufficient doses of uh, a suitable psychedelic, secure a life-changing interaction with these beings. They, these are highly evolved entities, um, very powerful. And, you know, by, 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 by no argument do I say it's, it's a product of our mind alone. Far from it. Now, do you feel like these things, are, are, they, are, they, do they, are they different calibers of character? I mean, do you have some good ones and some bad ones, some, some that are malicious and some that want to help? And to what extent do they interact with you? Obviously, like we've discussed already, I mean, they, they, they physically, I say physically, uh, you say quasi-physically, I like that term, quasi-physically interact with us. And by that we mean um, if your wife is sitting next to you watching you have the experience she doesn't see a being here in the, in the material realm interacting with you but you having the experience are feeling like in that moment you're being physically interacted with in some way so we call that quasi-physical um 
they're interacting with you like that. Do they speak with you? Do they carry conversations with you? Do, do, do they do they show intent to you? And in what way do they do they express their intent? And are they all over the board, or do they seem to come from one particular race or species or, or whatever? Give me some background on all that, because that's just that's such a cool thing to me. That's that's a, a great question. I mean, look, there, there seems to be a a a common tie. It feels almost wrong saying a common tie because. The, these these entities, these beings, feel like they operate from a basis of of divinity. That's certainly how it feels to to me. And I I came to call them occult masters because they they their power, their intelligence, their wisdom, their compassion. It, it just seemed beyond compare. You know, I mean, these beings can can give you ecstatic laughter. They they can impose ecstatic laughter. They can give you the kind of playtime that is just just out of this world. So yeah, I mean that that to me seems to be a, a common type. That said, I've I, I've interacted with you know some extreme versions of those, and and their power is just it's just phenomenal. Sometimes you know you, you smoke DMT in the garden, and and something interacts with you, and, and you're left with the feeling that that being really has no earthly business down down at ground level. Mm. You know, it, it feels like you've attracted something that ordinarily does not not trouble itself with humans, and and those experiences are just just incredible. That aside, I, I've had experiences where the the being has been above me, and you can palpably feel it. You can feel its energy, and you can feel it's been not so well disposed towards and there's times when I felt that where I've I've turned away and I sort of put my hands up in front of me and said, No, 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 I don't want you down here. You know, I just get a bad bad feeling about it. And and then out of about out of all those six hundred experiences, there's three that stand out where I was dealing with something that was very, very different. And one was in the bedroom and, and I could see this this being its transparent ethereal form filling the room and this this spiral form came down towards towards my heart I, I, i'll be honest i mean this this thing it, it it felt like it could have killed me like like we can squash a grape between our thumb and forefinger oh wow it felt like this thing could just just and i i have never been so scared in my life and then there was another occasion where cast it was foggy, you know, it, it was damp outside, and I don't know, I, I I feel like I was being subliminally worked on, and and, and I felt like obliged to sort of prepare a pipe, and I kind of did it. it. Felt like I was doing it under duress. I was like, okay, I'll smoke one. And it was like I'm, I'm only putting 15 milligrams in this pipe, and I go outside, and it's all damp and foggy, and I smoke this pipe and this thing it's like it's just there it's like waiting for me and it's just within seconds it's in my brain you know you can feel that quasi-physical thing it's done something very quick in my brain and i can feel this i can see this entity i can feel it it's very different to all the other ones i've dealt with and then it's out of my brain and then i can see it It shoots up through the clouds punches a little hole in the cloud with seconds, that whole forms back up, and, and I am just now I'm in peace. I'm like, I feel like I've been psychically raped, or it's put something in my mind. And for two, three hours, I'm like, 
you know, what's it done? It's done something to me. Has it, has it, has it put something in there that it can trigger a future date on a whim? And, oh, I was like in turmoil with this thing. And then I'm in the bath and I start to come around and, and, and I start to do what I've always done. I think, do you know what? You got me. You got me real good. You've played a real good mind trick on me because for the last three hours I have been thinking all kinds of worrying thoughts about my my spiritual health, my psychic health. And, you know, after, after a few hours, you're OK. And then it just becomes another experience, you know. But I felt like I was stitched up on that occasion but as i say that's 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 you know i've had like three of those out of 600 so they're very few and far between but clearly there are different orders of beings and what's really interesting i find is that those beings that are like that darker and more challenging to me to me they feel like a, a higher order of being than those occult masters they feel like that they're, they're, they're somehow much higher and if I, if I was to, to label them I, w- I would say they are demons but I probably give a very different interpretation to our mainstream religions yeah you know yeah demons. yeah I understand I understand that so it's almost like the uh, I don't it just feels disrespectful to call them the lower entities because they're certainly much higher than us but um, maybe maybe what we see in a lot of the DMT art I see these beings that are made of light that are sort of doing different types of work on people um, you feel like those guys a lot of the time are, are of a of a sort of common type and and they seem to be these um, you call them occult masters or what we might call ascended masters of some kind. Uh, and then there is a an order above them that would be sort of these demonic forces, and you feel like these forces have maybe more more power in some way, or or more scope of influence in some way. Is that is that accurate? I I, I suspect so. I, I think in terms of humankind evolving, and I'm getting very esoteric and and well, that's what we're here to do, man. We're into the esoteric stuff. In terms of mankind's evolution, I think millions of years hence, they'll come to a point where we have to sort of face those kind of beings and realize where they're coming from and sort of realize how, how, as a race, that we need to acknowledge how they're operating and and recognize that and, and somehow overcome it. I don't mean in terms of a battle. I just mean that they seem like a gatekeeper to a, a much, much higher reality. But this is very deep. And, and in my personal opinion, this is many, many aeons hence from now. But ultimately, for angels, you know, they were they were supposedly created before before the angels. So I think I think there is something in that. You know, ultimately, we would have to get beyond these beings in our evolution and our, our, our changes over over the aeons. This is so mind-blowing that I'm having a hard time even even coming up with talking points because I'm so immersed in the experiences that you're that you're laying out. It's just if you've ever had a psychedelic experience, I would imagine for someone who hasn't had a psychedelic experience, this podcast is going to be completely unlistenable. <laughs> um but if, but if, you know what I mean. But if you've ever had a psychedelic experience, a really profound one, um, this is just mesmerizing because this is the type of stuff that you that you both uh, fear and, and aspire to. You know. Well, 
you, you're right, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna propose to humble myself a little bit because you know it, it may sound like I, I, I've done a lot, but I, on Instagram, on social media, I, I'm in touch with people, and and people come to me and they they tell me stories, and I've got to be honest, if I'd experienced what they've experienced, and it, it might be a one-off occasion or, or so, I, I would never, I would be like so. Now, one one girl came and she said, "Look, you know, I saw DMT one time with my boyfriend. He wanted me to smoke it, and we were way out of the sticks, middle of nowhere." And she tells me what happens, and I'm like, "Whoa, my God! I would, if that was my first time, I would never, ever be going back." You know, I mean, the, the, and and to be fair, the, there's some real brave souls out there. There are there are braver souls than me, loaded pipes much bigger than I've ever loaded and and they are coming back with some mind-blowing stories and i don't know maybe i'll try and catch them up one day but uh yeah just that really respect to those people they know who they are yeah and and what's interesting to me about dmt and i've said this before you know and again i always relate back to my own psychedelic experiences being mostly rooted in 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 psilocybin mushrooms but with mushrooms um you you either take a very very small dose like a microdose or you take a um, you know you take a, a small dose or a moderate dose or a heroic dose or what I would call an extreme dose of you know eight to ten to you know twelve or fifteen grams you know anything in that range things just get crazy up in that range but but there's no working your way into a heroic dose you either have it or you don't right. Um, yeah, you know, you take one gram of mushrooms, and and if it's the right kind of mushrooms, and you might be able to, uh, you know, you might be able to walk around your house and do your laundry and play with your dog and and have a normal day and just kind of think about your mundane activities from a different perspective and get get some retrospection or some introspection that you otherwise wouldn't have. You take two and a half, three grams, and it's a different story. You take five to six, and you have a heroic dose, and you go off into the cosmos, and it's um it's a different experience. What I think is interesting about DMT is that you can, at least in my very, very, very limited experience, you know, you can um, just take a little bit and get a little bit of a DMT experience, or you can take a little bit more and get a little bit more of a DMT experience, um, but they're all crazy and profound. You know, you take one gram of, of mushrooms and you may not you may not notice a tremendous difference from your normal state of consciousness, I guess is what I mean. But even if you just hit a very small amount of DMT, um, which I've done, you know, you, you still are going to have an experience that's nothing like you've ever had before. So I can't even imagine, yeah, that- you know, when you talk about people who have done much greater doses than you, I can't imagine the depths that they've reached or, or the heights that they've reached, I guess. It just must be a whole different universe. Yeah, in, in, indeed. And, and and what you say about, you know, DMT, I mean, I found that, you know, even when it's sort of losing its potency and it's, it's still active, highly active, you know, you smoke it and you're like, oh, God, man, that stuff is, is like, even when it's like losing its potency is strong. But when it's when it's fresh, I mean, oh, my God, you know, that that stuff is just, you know, and sometimes you smoke it and there's just this brief moment where, you know, you think, oh, this is going to be big. I don't know. Maybe it's how, how the vapor goes down or I don't know, but you just, just this, this secondly, Oh, Oh no. Like, you know, this is game on. And I've done that a few times and yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, you know, 
Do you think whenever, incredible? I mean, I, whenever you take a larger yeah. dose, is that when you? Because like I've, I've one of my experiences I had, which was a beautiful experience. I actually took a. Um, you know, LSD has never had nearly the profound eff- impact on me that like psilocybin has in the right doses. I've I've not done LSD more than a handful of times, but I've I've had I've shared some with friends from the same batch who've done it a lot, and I know that what I what I have taken has been has been good good LSD. But I had you know a couple of years of experience of, of very very high dose psilocybin trips under my belt. By the time I did did LSD, so I found it to be a much a much milder sort of experience than say, you know, 10 or 12 grams of mushrooms or even, even four or five, six grams of mushrooms. Um, but I did have a DMT experience just a few weeks ago when I I took a, took one hit of, of LSD and two and a half grams of mushrooms and, um, about uh, maybe 50 or 40 milligrams of DMT. And, uh, the, the, uh, excuse me, the mushroom sort of eased my entry into the DMT world because I was frankly still sort of, I guess, scared after, after my, my first trip, which was pretty disorienting and, and worrisome. But, um, but I went to a place where I've seen a lot of art done, um, about this place where it was, it was, it was this beautiful, expansive, massive, colorful, geometric place, almost, um, you know, I've been to the Grand Canyon, and, and you may not have been being in the UK, but the Grand Canyon is just a massive, it's so big you can't imagine how big it is. It's just, it's too big to imagine. And on this DMT trip, I went to a place that was of that order of magnitude. It was massive, uh, but it was colorful, and gears were moving together, and, and shapes were moving together. But I, but I, the the colors that I was seeing were infused with emotion, and and as the colors would change and the gears would move, I was going through ranges of emotion. But it, it, it ultimately was one of the most beautiful and loving experiences that I've ever had. Um, and I got to stay there for about 10 or 15 minutes, which was just absolutely profound. But I passed through that place on my first couple of trips. I, I, I did go to that place, but I just blasted right through it and went to other places that were a lot clearer and a lot more defined and a lot more like you say you would say quasi-physical um kind of like my girlfriend you know on her first trip went to a place that looked like the avatar movie or something you know beautiful mountains and it was an entire different world have you seen this kind of variety in your experiences between these sort of mushroom trip like beautiful mind spaces versus feeling like you were literally on a different physical planet I think I'm going to going to answer that like that. I, I like this. I, I I strongly suspect that these these visual vistas that that that, that you see on on DMT and the mushrooms. I, I think this is within the gift of the the entity that's it's effectively engulfing you within its mind, and in doing so, it's able to impose its 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 own imaginative fancies upon your perception. It's a writing uh, effects. So, for example, I once had um. It's my my first ever dose of magic mushrooms, and it was a, a high high dose. And I was in my my bedroom, and all of a sudden, one wall just sort of stretched out to the horizon, like it was miles away, but it was perfect. Yep. And it it seemed as like real, you know. And 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 my my opinion is that this is um it's within the gift of these beings to to make it seem so by 
operating their, their body of mind, that crystal clear body of mind, in a strange lensing way that tricks your mind. It really does look like that the wall in the bedroom is now, you know, two, three miles over towards the horizon. And I think it's the same with these highly defined scenes that we see. It's within the gift of these beings to to impose that upon our perception and they can make these areas look vast. They can change them very, very rapidly. And I think one one reason why they look so highly defined, and this for me is really interesting, it's because these these beings, their their body of mind, and indeed our consciousness, it's it's a much higher density. It's an uncommon density. It's something that we're not really familiar with. So we've all seen these great HD TVs that look so sharp and so crisp sure. and so clear. But these these DMT experiences, they they they're like way above these HD TVs. Absolutely, and I, and I argue that it's because. Their body of mind is so dense. I mean, it's so dense that it, it, it can pass right through your body. It's so dense that it can impose upon you and give you a sense of your skeletal self. And for any, I don't know, philosophers, scientists, be like, you know, this is what tech big news. And yeah, you know, it seems to be going that way. But you know, um, slowly, slowly. Now, so what? What I I love your the vernacular that you've had to create <laughs> to to describe these experiences, um, the body of mind that that you're experiencing with these different entities. So, a couple of questions. Number one, um, do you feel like with the DMT experience that you're always operating within the the body of mind of a, of a different entity? Um, actually, let's go with that one first. Are you always operating within the body of mind of a different entity, or are you having uh, an experience of your own within your own consciousness in a different time or place? I mean, I know it's very difficult to explain these things, and you certainly don't have all the answers. But I mean, we're, we're here to speculate wildly because it's uh, <laughs> it's hard it's hard so, to do otherwise. So, so what what fascinated me was you know that between smoking the pipe, three tokes laying back and and then within seconds something profound happens and then it looks like you're somewhere else and that it totally fascinated me and it was those initial few seconds that I really focused on so I'd smoke DMT and I would be telling myself stay sharp stay observant stay sharp stay observant and I came to realize that yeah okay the, the DMT is very rapidly amplifying my mind my mind stuff my consciousness and then you start to feel that something else has arrived palpably you start to feel it and then it imposes its energy and experiment after experiment time and time again you start to become more and more familiar with with what's happening and it's like i suppose it's like exercising a muscle the 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 sort of the sense of your consciousness being able to sense of some increases over time with these experiments and you start to realize okay now i can feel it and then it imposes its energy. Uh, actively, you are within it, its body of mind. It, it, it seems to be able to, and I choose this word carefully, mesmerize you. You know, it seems to Im- impose a mesmeric state upon you. And if you go into esoteric and occult literature, you know, there's a lot to be said about mesmerism and what it actually is, as opposed to hypnotism. You know, and it, it's like a fascination. It's something imposing its will upon you you know it's imposing a will that's more powerful than yours 
and it's it's doing that and, and you are in a state of fascination and I, you know I've smoked DMT and I, I, I'm you know the room is crystal clear but it's clear that something's in there like open-eyed rapid eye movement and you know I'm, 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 I'm a little bit worried I can sense some things there you know you're looking all over for the thing that's actually invisibly but palpably filling the room so I don't know I, I hope that goes some way to 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 answering it yeah you know, effectively no. you're, you're yeah. It, no, it, it it does, and as much as anyone in the world could, Dick. <laughs> uh, these, these are you know we're, we're not we're not talking about um, hard maths here, right? I mean, this is um, th- th- these are conversations of a whole different order, and, and uh, to the point that the vocabulary hardly even exists to have these conversations, or it doesn't really exist. And you've gone a long way in trying to develop one that that does. Terrence McKenna did a beautiful job of. Um, he, he you know. was something special, wasn't he? Oh yeah, no, he was absolutely, and that was a, it was funny. And I've I've rewatched my my DMT video from my first trip. Um, I've watched most of it. I haven't even watched the whole thing. Uh, you know, I spent <laughs> f- fifteen minutes in the trip and thirty minutes talking about it afterward. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I Terrence McKenna made a lot more sense to me after that DMT trip. You know, um. Just the the way of describing uh, describing the the connection between the material world and and the the spiritual or the metaphysical, um, I see it all as this big cosmic soup that we're swimming around in, and with, mm. within this you know within this soup, it's almost like if you think of a very small pond that's that's clear, and you throw a pebble into it, you can see the mud at the bottom of the pond get stirred up, and it creates a cloud. And then there are different densities of mud clouds within the water, and there are different particulates in the water. And uh, I think that that's all, that's all we're doing. You know, we, we, we tend to think of the material world as the thing that we're in. And if we, if we can't touch it in some way, it's not there. But, uh, you know, our senses only allow us to see 5% of, of, the, of the universe as we know it. And there could be a lot more than that. But we know for certain we can't see or, or measure or observe with all of our instrumentation. We have no ability to observe or measure more than 5% of the universe. And it may be 5% of 1% of what there is to see. We don't know. Um, and that's why these conversations are so interesting to me because who the hell knows? Um, with these entities, I've always believed, and I know a lot of the ancients believe, most shamanic cultures believe that the the planets themselves are conscious. And certainly on uh, like an ayahuasca trip, a lot of people talk about um, interacting with Mother Ayahuasca, uh, who some people might even call Gaia or the Mother Spirit of the Earth, um, which uh, virtually everyone or most people, many people who who uh, work with Ayahuasca have this interaction with, with Mother Ayahuasca. Do you, on any of these DMT trips, have you ever encountered a uh, a Mother Earth consciousness or one that you feel like is on a, a planetary scale or anything of that nature? Uh, I would, I would say, I've certainly interacted with what I would call feminine spirits and powerful feminine spirits. And I, I do believe that, you know, the, the, the Earth in a very esoteric and occult way and probably a way that we can't fully comprehend is is conscious in its own right i, I personally I, I i'm not sure anybody's actually interacted on a one-to-one basis with the the spirit of the earth that that's just my opinion but 
I'm sure that these beings that do interact with us are certainly powerful enough, and, and on many occasions more than powerful enough to leave leave the the ayahuasca user, the DNA user, convinced that they have interacted with with God or the spirit of the earth. But really, I I, I suspect that there are countless we we can't see we can't perceive without unaided perception but no i i personally i think that that's too much to ask that you know i i took ayahuasca and i interacted with the the soul spirit of the earth you know we, we may be interacting with emissaries emissaries of of that spirit but not that spirit direct in the same way that you know i'm sure that like I, I smoke DMT, and I, I, I'm sure that I've gone undisturbed. God, at the moment, you know, the, the power that's being imposed upon you, you know, it's like sometimes almost wrathful, and you think, oh, shit, I've, I've gone undisturbed. God, no, but really, no, I think I think these beings are just so and leave you coming away from those experiences, convinced that you have interacted with the creator or, or the spirit of the earth. But I, I know I, I don't personally think so. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm probably misquoting or taking out of context. A lot of the experiences that I've, that I've listened to people talk about or, or discuss with people, but that, that makes a lot of sense to me that the, the earth spirit is, a, it would be a, an awfully big, awfully powerful spirit that I would think would be, you know, when you're talking about different levels of beings that you've encountered, even, you know the the um, uh, the masters, as you call them, uh, and then the beings above them that you um, categorize as demons, maybe or whatever. See, if there are multiple levels of beings, then it seems like the the planetary conscious would probably be far enough removed from us that it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to ever interact with. That makes perfect sense to me. What I've I and I, yeah. I, I need to backtrack a little bit into something I wanted to bring up earlier, which kind of prompted this whole conversation. Is you and I met on Instagram? Um, you know, I don't know, maybe close to, close to a year ago when I first started. I you know I had just kind of gotten on and and found you and and we started talking and you were so gracious as to give me a lot of guidance and a lot of help and 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 just be someone who I enjoyed speaking with um, on occasion and. We've followed each other and commented, and we spend time talking back and forth and, and referring people back and forth. And out of nowhere, um, after I got all of my my podcast uh, set up to, to conduct these interviews and, and, and talk to, to different people and record these things to share with the world, last week, uh, right as I was getting this stuff set up, I was just perusing uh, to, to look for some answers to a DMT experience um, to a particular feature of, of one of my experiences, which, in fact, I want to get to with you in just a moment. I think it's right down the middle. Um, but I was, I was trying to find some answers, and I looked up DMT research, and an article in Vice magazine popped up. And uh, lo and behold, it's with Dick Kahn, the DMT researcher. And it kind of blew my mind because, you know, here's a guy that I've been talking to for close to a year and really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, you never mentioned that to me. You never would have any reason to. But w within that, you were, you know, you were talking about your experiences uh, in this in this article. And I, I found that totally fascinating because you were until then, uh, I, I never thought about the, the different set and setting uh, or especially the setting that a person would, would have the, have these experiences in. Uh, and you've mentioned that a couple of times here, like doing it in the garden, doing it outside. And in that article, I read that 
the the one profoundly negative experience that you had was inside and you wondered if you would ever do it inside ever again and and all three times that I've done it I was inside and most of the times not all the time but 75% of the time when I when I take mushrooms it's usually inside uh the rest of the time I'm I'm outside hiking but on big doses certainly you know you're you're in a uh not very conscious state for several hours so it's not really conducive to doing that outside in most cases but I guess my question mm-hmm. is what is the impact of like the set and the setting for you your mindset coming into it and then the place in which you you take the um take the DMT what is the impact that, that that's had from your uh from your experience so so the the first 18 months of my research was all indoors say for a couple of experiments outside all all indoors and what seems to happen indoors is that the DMT unlocks that that eighth mental and conscious energy within you and you know it, it fills the room and the room becomes like you know visually it's shaking it's juddering it's jarring it's incredibly um turbulent with with mind energy it looks like you're sort of underwater but you know the, the water is jarring and turbulent and you know you don't really get that outside outside you know that the, there are no walls you know uh it, it, it seems much it's just easier the 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 your mind just amplifies and and and, and you know I sort of want to say fills the sky, but I'm sort of conscious that to anybody who's who's not sort of tried it, that sounds crazy. But yeah, I mean, look, I see my mind stuff way, way out there, you know, and and like you look at that and you're like, my God, that that is incredible. So what happened after 18 months? And I'm going to be honest as I I prepared a pipe and I thought, right, okay, I'm going to smoke this pipe. And my instincts was like saying, don't smoke this pipe don't smoke this pipe, don't smoke this pipe. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I've done this enough times now, I'm, I'm going to be good, you know, it's, it's not a massive pipe, should be all right, it should be enough. And my instincts were like pleading with me, don't do it, don't do it. And I went and what did I do? I went and ignored my instincts, which you should, I don't want to say you should never do because I want to, but this one time I, I, I smoked and I don't know, I, I, I my mind went into this, awful negative vibe and i'm not going to detail the thoughts that run through my mind but i'm going to be absolutely honest and say that to this day that experience that that, uh, had a degree and for the first first week second week third week after that experience i was i was struggling with the thoughts that were in in my head and you know it's like they always say you know talk about what's on your mind so I, I i had to have a very difficult conversation with my wife and just having that conversation made things 80 90 percent better and over time that thing has got easier but yeah i mean look these these this substance these states they are incredibly powerful and profound and they 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 can scare or mark or, or leave certainly leave a, a, a imprint on your mind that you, you sometimes may have to deal with longer than you thought you would and that the outside and i'm scared to smoke this inside now let me go outside yeah no that that makes sense to me when i was 
When I did it uh, the first couple of times, I was in my bedroom, which is where I've had most of my mushroom experiences, and and so it's kind of my safety nest. And but again, um, you know, I, I I literally got off of a conference call for work at the end of a day, and we had this mm-hmm. DMT, and we'd just been looking forward to to to, to take taking it all week long, <clears throat> and I got off of a off of a, a, a very you know very uh, materially driven work related phone call. And literally set the phone down and went and picked up the pipe and laid down in bed and hit it. And I was nervous about it. My mindset wasn't right. My girlfriend had been meditating all day and, you know, getting her chakras aligned. And she was in a a, a very different mind state than I was. And uh, she had a phenomenal experience that first time. And I I was totally disoriented. As soon as I hit the pipe and laid back and it blasted off, I mean, like you say, the, that ringing in my head got extremely intense. The pressure in the front mm-hmm. of my my forehead, near my my you know, in front of my pineal gland, um, you know, that pressure built up. The ringing uh, just shook and shook and shook until it, it. I felt like the entire world was vibrating, and it it ripped my soul out of my body. And as soon as it happened, I I I I'd lost all track of everything. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what had happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what DMT mm-hmm. was. I didn't remember smoking DMT. And, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly I have, you know, you talk about these high resolution images that are much higher resolution than any 4K TV. Um, I'm seeing, you know, it was almost like a fun house uh, full of all kinds of very high resolution things going on. And nothing was scary. I mean, nothing I was seeing was scary in itself. It was just the disorientation of not knowing who I was or what had happened. I thought I had died, but I didn't know who I was, <laughs> you know, um, and I'm just blasting through this world of, of uh, ultra high resolution, crazy shit everywhere I look. And, um, uh, it, but it was very much, uh, like a different world. Um, you know, when you talk about being in the, um, you know, within, within sort of the, the mind of another being that would almost make sense of as if I was inside the high density imagination of of some alien being because it was a very alien world very alien place but one of the interesting things was I did see and one of the few things that I could bring back specifically from that experience was I remember seeing uh, an extremely shiny glossy black and white checkered floor and I didn't mention this to my girlfriend at all because I was too disoriented. And then she had her experience, and she never mentioned anything until a, a day or two later we were telling our story to some friends. And she she brought up this black and white checkered floor. Now, anyone who is much familiar with esotericism uh, or occult societies or whatever, you know that like in the Freemasons' temples, they have black and white checkered floors. Um, yeah. I've even heard stories that there was a black and white checkered floor in some place around the Great Pyramid at one point, which I don't know if it's true, but the point is I heard it mentioned. Uh, and she and I both had uh, an experience in, in the same day without without talking to each other um, at essentially the same time of, of seeing this black and white checkered floor on a DMT trip, which is what I was trying to research whenever I, I, I found your Vice article. What the hell is that about? Do you know anything about that? About the floor or about both seeing the same thing? Well, both, but but the black and white floor in particular. I am not going to pretend I've got any knowledge. To be honest, I don't 
of those things that I'd have to dive into my library of books. I'm sure I could find something then, but off the top of my head, no. But I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm vaguely familiar that it, it, it's something to do with Masonic lodges, but I'm not going to pretend I know what it is. But that's fascinating that you both experienced that. Yeah, no, it was really fascinating. And, um, you know, it's uh, maybe more superficial to add in that, you know, when I went into that place, uh, it seemed extremely familiar. And, 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 uh, I, so I put it out. I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram story, but I, I posted a picture of this, um, esoteric, it was just some esoteric, uh, image that I found where it had, you know, all the different, uh, deities and stuff like that. Um, very esoterically oriented picture that probably drawn or painted by some 33rd degree Freemason or somebody, but the, there was the black and white floor and a bunch of other esoteric knowledge was encoded in this picture. And I posted it on my Instagram story and I asked a question like, Hey, is anyone, does anyone have any idea what this floor means or why my girlfriend and I would have both seen this on a DMT trip? And I got uh, a ton of feedback from people. And apparently there, um, according to someone that, that responded to me that there, there's some Tibetan, um, ancient, you know, mystic wisdom or something like that, that talks about a place like this, that is supposedly the place you go to, uh, prior to reincarnation. And I thought that was interesting. And the, 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 yeah, very, very fascinating because, you know, you being on, uh, having the experience you do with DMT, um, can only imagine the bells that might be ringing in your mind when you, when you hear something like that. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Have you found any answers um, about, and, and, and when I say answers, I mean only in the subjective sense, only answers that um, that matter to you, right? We're not talking about empirical evidence. We're not, we're not trying to, to write a thesis on this. But have you personally found any answers uh, regarding life after death, any, any solace, any, any direction on either what that might look like or if there is life after death, uh, anything like that from these experiences? So I've had, I think I've had about three, what I think are called classic little death experiences where you smoke DMT and, and you are absolutely convinced you, you are dead, you have died, you, you're on the other side of life. And that is extremely profound. And it seems it's within the gift of these beings that interact with you in such a way that you are 100% convinced that you have have died and it's very emotional very very well come out of that experience and realize that you are alive you know you you not only realize you're alive but you've got a sort of a newfound fondness for being alive you like rejuvenated it's almost like being born again but in terms of life after death I suspect it's something to do with these beings. These beings, I think, are related to somehow to our post-death state. And and I'm not sure what that is, of course, but I I do think that they're somehow related to that that post-death state or the initial stages of the post-death state, I I believe. Gotcha. I mean... What... what what, what, Go ahead. yeah, I mean, from, from um, you know, saying uh, as a young child, you know, I had that sound in my head. And, and there were moments whenever I was left alone as a little child, I was something 
invisible in the room watching me you know I could sense its presence and I could I could actually point to whereabouts in in the room it was and from that young age I was I was convinced that there were things that we couldn't see and for me I think DMT is like if anything it sort of confirmed that suspicion for me it's confirmed that it's almost like saying to myself see I knew or see I told you so but saying it to myself you know there are these beings out there so are are you convinced that uh, when this material body dies away, there's a there's a piece of us that continues on? Oh yeah, sure. So I mean, you know, I'd fight sleep, and you know, I think three or four times it was I I I, I have a classic out of body experience, uh, and you know, you're able family home, you know, in the midst of the air. And it's really unusual because, you know, you tr- you transiting right through a closed wooden door, but you're seeing the house exactly as you would see it with your eyes. But I, I guess you're seeing it with your mind's eye. So from that young age, that showed me that, that there's something within me that can exist outside of my physical body. So for sure, you know, I, I believe that there's something immaterial and something that is essential to us and who we are that that, that survives the bodily death for sure that that's that's my firm opinion yeah that's interesting to me because i you know i've always kind of just had this hunch and i think a lot of people do um and and you know empirical scientists might say that we have that hunch uh because you know we we need that that sense of um of uh of, of the infinite that we continue on after death we need that for our peace of mind to operate or at least some people do and I, I've never really bought that explanation um, as the cause of why so many of us feel that we that we persist after death. But with 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 my my work with psilocybin, um, it became clear to me that there was just no question in my mind uh, whatsoever that uh, this material body is is really a pretty unimportant thing. <laughs> you know, the uh, yeah, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, and they, they've done the studies on, you know, uh, terminal cancer patients who, who work with psilocybin and, uh, it completely, uh, rids them of their fear of death and stuff like that. Because you, you do, I mean, if, if it means anything to be me, if it means anything to be you, um, then our our sense of this reality, our understanding of this reality, our perception of this reality, uh, is that is that thing. You know, if I burn my hand, it's me that feels that burn. It's me that sees the trees. It's me that feels the wind. And when you have a, a, a deeply transformative psychedelic experience, it's it's that same you that's having the experience of uh, seeing for, the trees. Yeah, it's a it's the same it's the same thing, and you you go into one of these experiences, and you come out, and you go, the the, the shit that I saw, the experiences that I had, the sensations that I experienced, there's they, they were as real, if not more real, than anything I've ever encountered, and my physical body had nothing to do with it, and, and I came out of my my first heroic dose of mushrooms, um, a completely changed human being forever, because I I knew at that point that, that uh, you know that the the body. The body is a part of what we are doing here. It's part of our experience, but it certainly has um, nothing to do with the end of us whenever the body comes to an end itself. Yeah, and I think, you know, opinions and arguments like that, that you're making, that I'm making, and that countless individuals around the world want to make, it, it, it points to the, the power of these, these substances 
medicines. And I like that these sentences are called medicines, but, you know, the inference is that, you know, uh, are you sick? Uh, is that why, you, you know, you might take this medicine? But no, it's, it's not It's not that people are physically sick, but I think I think these, um, uh, they're like a spiritual medicine. They, they open up an aspect of you that you were hitherto unaware of or, or that was locked away or you just not access. So in that sense, yeah, I think it's absolutely apt to call these substances medicinal well yeah it, spiritually it, 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 it is because um you know it's like you just said you know people might say well why are you taking medicine are you sick well absolutely i'm sick I, i'm trapped in a superficial material reality that's uh, effectively functioning as a uh, as an insane asylum <laughs> you know so yes i like that you know so yes. it, it, they are spiritual medicine and they do give you perspective and um you know they, they do provide you with a broader set of uh uh, of tools to to function with in this reality of a deeper sense of of meaning and purpose and it's not superficial i don't think i think it's very real i've i've been able to to affect a much much greater and much more positive impact on my life and and everyone in it in a much greater way since working with these things and i you know people are walking around with a lack of purpose one of the big one of the big arguments taking place in philosophy today uh is how do we have a non-religious world, or how do we create a non-religious world? How are we ever to develop a world without religion uh, in which we don't all lose our purpose, our sense of purpose? And, and Jordan Peterson um, has done some great work on this, but, but psychedelics are without a question. Um, this is how you do it, you know? This is, you, you have a psychedelic experience, and you see that, that you don't need the religious framework and the dogmas and everything else to find love and awe and wonder in in this world, and then to also live without the fear or the anxiety that, that one day your body's going to rot and, and the you that is you is going to be gone. So, no, I think they're, they, they're definitely spiritual medicines. They make, um, you know, they make a huge difference in how, how I approach life, for sure. And th- that's something that you can take from these experiences. Would you say that that sense of reinforcement is the biggest thing that you've taken from these experiences, obviously you've had a lot of experiences where you've encountered, a, you know, again, these other beings and, and, and all that. What is it that you would say has been the biggest takeaway, the biggest benefit in your life and in what ways? So I think, I think, you know, all the, whatever happened in those experiences aside and just what, what's the overall outcome of the experiences. And I would have to say, yeah, it's, it's like an awakening, you know. I mean, people use this this phrase, and that phrase, you know, uh, and somebody's lit or somebody's woke. And I personally, I, I don't, I would never label myself as somebody who's lit or woke. But for sure, I would say that the the overall outcome of these experiences, it feels like an awakening. You know, I, there's a a part of me now that is awake that was not so awake before my psychedelic experiences with DMT. Absolutely. So, you know, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's like that. It's like an awakening. It, it does change you as an individual. I mean, look, it, it's not going to take away things like intrusive thoughts. It's not going to take away, you know, the darker aspects of our psyche because that's who we are. But what it will do, it will give you the tools to be more mindful of the influences that may play upon your mind and to be able to deal with them. In a, from, I'm certainly acutely aware of the influences on my mind. And, you know, 
once upon a time you might have an intrusive thought and it may start galloping away and you know all of a sudden you know a situation's become so bad in your mind that i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna do that but now now once those sort of things arise you think okay okay that's interesting but i'm not gonna let that run away with me and i'm not gonna allow that so it's more mindful of the how your psyche operates you know yeah, no, I I agree 100%. And I, I just made a post the other day, and maybe you saw it. I'm trying to scan through my Instagram and find it, because I know that you'll appreciate it, and it, it's it's rele- it's relevant to, to what you're saying right there. Let me see if I can dig it up. Oh, here we go. Well, well first of all, Sam Harris, uh, UCLA neuroscientist and philosopher, he said, the power of psychedelics is that they often reveal in the span of a few hours depths of awe and understanding that can otherwise elude us for a lifetime. True. And and that's that's remarkable. Terrence McKenna has talked about being raised in a very strict Catholic household with a lot of uh, a lot of oppression, a lot of repression, a lot of problems. He took LSD at, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old and he said it was like 10 years of psychotherapy in 2 hours. Um yeah. It, it all dovetails with what you're saying. My when I made that 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 Sam Harris post um a couple of weeks back, my my caption that I put on that said that psychedelics are a unique and powerful tool for gaining perspectives from which we're otherwise restricted by our personal experiences, emotional trauma, and cultural conditioning. These tools offer us expansive views from a range of mountaintops from which we may more clearly observe the big picture and how everything in our lives and the world are connected. With these new perspectives come a greater understanding and appreciation of things. From this new viewpoint, we find a deeper sense of purpose and love of life, ourselves, and each other. This love and understanding is what empowers, even compels us, to forgive ourselves and others. This inner spiral of love, understanding, and forgiveness of ourselves ripples out to every relationship and experience in our lives and completely changes our worldview, which is the subjective reality in which we live our lives. Embarking on the journey of psychedelic exploration with reverence and pure intent has changed the lives of multitudes of people for thousands of years. To stigmatize and criminalize these wondrous medicinal gifts is to restrict a person's individual pursuit of wholeness and happiness, leaving them to face the often crippling challenges of life using the fragmentary and inadequate psychological toolkit provided them by a broken system. Um, the, the point is, is that these things, you're exactly right, these things do give us uh, a whole different range of perspectives to, to, to approach our, our problems in life and to catch the thoughts that come into our head and keep those things from, from taking the wheel, so to speak. Indeed, yeah. I mean, you know, the, I can't really add much to that, Adam. The, you know, the, these are life-changing medicines, life-changing interactions. Now... You've done this. Uh, you've been doing this for a while, and you've done it at, at a at a pretty substantial level. Are you? Do you have any plans to continue? Are you going to keep working with DMT and talking about it and telling the world? Are you going to go work with something else? Or are you? Uh, are you done? Have you done enough? Um. So I've, I've published one book, and you know, one hundred percent happy with that book. And I. I, I produced a a second project ready for publication and at the time that was finished i was 100 percent happy with that but then since i've gone social media and start to interact with people like yourself people from all around the world and you you realize what other people are doing and i think you know what that that book now it, it, it may have been good at the time but it's not good enough now so what i'm proposing to do is 
is take the the very best experiences from my second year and my third year and that that will be my my second book and what i would really like to do beyond that is try and go at it again but um try and go deeper and further try and introduce um um hamala to extend the experiences uh, try to partake in a ayahuasca experience, at least one, if not more. And just, just give this one last shot. I, I'd like to produce three books under this title. And I'd like the third book to be. I'd like to feel that the second book is better than the first book and the third book is better than the second book. And, you know, I'll only publish if I'm 100% happy with them. So, yeah, I would like to revisit the research. It's just whether I've got the you know, the capacity to do that because it's very much a mind game, very much a mind game. And, uh, you know, I think with those three years I got on a roll, it was, it was like I was doing it frequently. And it, it, I think that frequency made it easier. But now that I've stopped, I find it's much harder to revisit. But I, I do still smoke DMT. I, I smoked some two or three nights ago and, you know, it's the same old story, you know, the experience was, oh, that was amazing. But if you asked me to go at it again tonight, I'd be like, oh, my God, what, are you crazy? Yeah, I I can only imagine, you know, we've got some friends that, that do it, um, you know, that have done it maybe 50 or 60 times or something like that. I mean, I can't, um, I can't imagine, you know, 600, but to even, even just doing it once, twice, three times, uh, Everyone I talk to, they all say the same thing, including you. It's like you, <laughs> you know, it's not something that you ever really get used to, is it? No, no. I mean, I, I mean, I think I, in, in, in one of my reports, I, I said, you know, look, I, I can get used to amplifying my mind and, and seeing the effects of that. But the power that some of these beings can impose, I don't think I could ever 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 get used to that 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 is just phenomenal and you know earlier you mentioned something about i don't know in what context but the, the the sort of phrase scientific instruments came up and i've i've smoked in my room and i thought there has to be a way that these energies can be measured i mean they're phenomenal i don't know i you know i think you're giving the, the scientific community and our current technological understanding a little bit too much credit <laughs> that, that's the problem you know <laughs> i know what you mean though the the energies are so tangible and so palpable yeah. and so present that it seems impossible that we couldn't measure them um i think that's just uh just a testament to how little we know in all of our arrogance scientifically how little uh how, how low our our level of advancement really is that's that's really all yeah. that's chalked up to not a lack of energy now whatever you do uh whatever we can do to support you on the podcast and with our community we've got a lot of things going on and we'll, we'll always do that uh i love you to death uh as a person and thank you i love you too man yeah man and the work you do i think is so important and and frankly it's ballsy i mean not not everybody in the world is uh is willing to do what you do so any way that we can any way that we can help with that, any way we can support you, um, we always will. So before we go, any advice to uh, well, to that, a, a, yeah, I mean, I, just just to be able to to talk about these experiences, you know, I mean, look, I, I'll be honest, I'm I'm still integrating, I'm still processing what the hell went on in those three years, and and you know, it's it's great to to write and put things down in print, but very much, I, I feel like I'm still 
still integrating, still processing, still coming to terms with, I mean, these experiences. Anybody who smoked DMT, yourself included, you know, I mean, this is just, it's life-changing, it's game-changing, uh, it, it's world-changing stuff. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, man, I just can't say thank you enough, Dick. It's been uh, just mesmerizing. It's been awesome getting to, getting to chat with you. Uh, hopefully, we're going to do it uh, many more times. I look forward to a, a book, hopefully, in the future. Um, and uh, just thank you so much for what you do, man. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Adam, thank you. Much love, brother. Really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, brother. Well, take good care of yourself, and we'll be talking to you soon, everybody. Dick Kahn, DMT researcher, DMT in my occult mind. The book is out. It's an investigation of occult realities using the spirit molecule. Go check it out on Amazon. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. And may you be a son on the paths of all men. God bless you guys. Have a great week. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please make sure that you like, subscribe, and share at will. Also, check us out on Instagram at shamanic.philosophy, at shamanicphilosophy.com. And keep in mind, we do have the online store coming up soon at wokeshop.com. God bless you guys. Have a great week.